sure. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, my name's Raul Coley, um, uh, and I'm uh, an actor. Um, I was born in England, London, um, and you know I've been acting since I was I don't know eighteen, nineteen. But um, my first real kind of uh, dent I made, or, or climb up the rung of the ladder was uh, I Zombie, which I started when I was about 28. Uh, did that for about five years and other projects sort of came in on, on the back of that. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm at at the moment. And now you have this huge cult following after Midnight Mass of sexy Sheriff Hassan. The, the sheriff, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's quite, well, it's, it's, I have a very funny following because um, it's, it's, it's a very divided following. Um, which makes sense because I'm I, I I've never felt like I was one thing. So there's my eye zombie group uh, in there, and then there's like Rooster Teeth Funhouse, like from from when I used to collaborate with, with with them, and they made up a good portion of that. And then there was the the young Stan Twitter when I did Blind Manor, and then the older generation came in for midnight mass and then there's loads of hobbyists uh for every miniature and star wars fans and gaming fans and um so it's a it's a nice it's a it's been it's a nice community so there's always um if i put whether i'm posting a a thirst trap or <laughs> a picture of a freshly painted ultramarine from warhammer it it all gets supported by this there's always someone out there to to uh, strike my ego it's it's a very dynamic social media hmm. uh account that's for sure it's it's either miniatures fan creations and then like this morning you waking up to the sounds of this honking bullshit and, and just... swearing and being a yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, i'm just i, I don't know like <clears throat> my social media uh, comes up a lot um whether i'm at work or amongst you know peers or family um and i don't know so i go back and forth with it because like i mean sometimes i defend it because i'm like i'm not pretending i i just i'm just me i i i'm not trying to be a role model i'm not trying to be anything if, if I'm, I'm flawed and i'm human and shit pisses me off and i'll say it and when I'm genuinely happy, I'm happy. And when I'm genuinely touched by the reception of something, I am. When I say watch something I'm in, I mean it because I don't do it for all my other shows. So I tried to create, or I have created a level of trust, I believe. I think people do think that I am authentic. Um, and when I say something, I mean it. Um, but at the same time, because I'm up against, at this point, a, a lot of fake um uh people who hide <laughs> their politics or their feelings towards things or their narcissism whatever and um and keep it clean um i i look terrible compared to my peers but then when you go and have a cigarette with one of my peers and they say something transphobic and you're like fucking hell and the yeah. internet has no idea you're a piece of shit um <laughs> i prefer to just lay it on the line so when i you know when i met mike this i'm i'm the same with mike as i am with my friends and it and and i am on social media it's all the same person as and 
that's it. And it never gets any worse than that. So if it's uncancelable on social media, I'm uncancelable at work because I don't, I behave pretty, I'm pretty well behaved everywhere, to be honest. Yeah. It, it will just, you know, not knowing you, but seeing your, your social media, it just seems like, you know, I'm, for much of a, <laughs> a lack of description, I'm following one of my, my acting buddies. You know, mm. where it's just it, you're you're just a normal person. You're not putting on this face with a fake smile, yeah. Saying like, "Oh, hey, have you have you tried this toothpaste?" Like, it, mm. it's it's fucking best. Like, yeah, dude, I know you don't care about that. Like, yeah, it's just sponsorship. Yeah. So it's just uh, it's refreshing seeing that. And then you know, obviously listening to interviews of you in the past, you know, you're a genuine person, and that's one of the you know really awesome aspects of watching you succeed in your career more and more and more. Okay. Is that you know genuine people are are able to utilize their talents and they can collaborate with really awesome people. So it's just great to see that come to full fruition. And that all being a lead up to how was your first night of production for Flanagan's new project? Uh, yeah. So we uh, this week on Monday we started production on we started shooting um, the fall of the House of Usher, um, and I. <clears throat> I'd uh, known about this project back when we did um, Midnight Mass. What what Mike does is, uh, and it's happened on every single project so far I've worked with with Mike, is at the day of or in the meeting just before I start filming, uh, Mike T tells me or drops me a hint at what he's decided he'd like me to try out next. So when we did mass, so when we did Bly, he told me about mass. When we did mass, he told me about Usher. When we did Usher, he told me about Redacted. And I was like, (laughs) just as I got this character up on its feet and, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been about, this, this character has been in my head through, since like, say i got a lot of the details just towards the end of mass when we were rapping and uh so the character and the project been in my mind for nearly a year um and initially it was actually supposed to shoot much earlier but it got pushed um so yeah so it's been a year and then i i you know you go and i went in for my once i'd flown in even though i see mike privately like we hang hung out with him in la and all of that stuff we still had do the official director actor meeting um and it's he's co-directing it's 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 mike and it's michael Fimignari, who was oh, our dp okay. um it, they're both directing uh so i had my director session and literally as i walked through the door mike drops the next nugget and i was like okay shit <laughs> all right um but yeah so so we started production on monday uh, my first day was was yesterday, um, which is uh, it's uh, it, that yeah. I mean, I'm not new, but I'm not old. I'm like, I'm still pretty fresh in, in the game. To be fair, like for me, it feels like I've been at this point now for a decade. Um, you know, it's a little under a decade. Twenty twenty fourteen is when I shot the I Zombie pilot. So for me, it does feel like, come on, you've been through this, you've done 70 plus just on that and this and that and whatever. And uh, to be fair, five of those years was a zombie. So 
I've I've only done a few, I've only been out of out of that contract for two three years, and in that time, everything else has happened. So, okay, um, yeah, the night the the first day jitters because um, with Mike, I don't at this point I don't audition for Mike. I only audition for Bly, and then since then it it's just been just carried on. Yeah, offers and <laughs> this is what I think you should do, and this is who you should play, and. That that creates its own level of uh, vulnerability and insecurity because um, an audition is a uh, it's tough. Obviously, the auditioning process, and I still do that for most all my other projects. But uh, obviously, with Mike, we're at that point where we don't. But what it means is is that he's requested something of me that's not been tested, uh, that I haven't received validation for, I haven't like booked it, and then gone okay. So they like me. They like what I'm doing. And that can settle you a little bit. Um, it, it's, it's, here's who I want you to play. Um, here's the script. Uh, I'll see you, I'll see you on set. And, and then you go, and, and like I did yesterday, and then you start working, and, and I saw Mike, and he'd go, and I'd go, <laughs> Like, because you hold on to it for months, and you're like, "Did I get this right? Is this what we was? Is this is this what he was thinking about?" Um, and yeah, so you, we're, I, I, I don't know. Like him and uh, we've become. I mean, everyone talks about you know being the Flanagan troop of actors, and I didn't really wear that properly because I was being called that on mass, and. I had only just done Bly and I was like, I'm only back. This is only number two. And I only got directed by Mike in the pilot of Bly because he didn't direct the rest of Bly So, okay. and I was in the pilot. I had three days in the pilot. So I worked with Mike for three days. In those three days, he sized me up for the sheriff. And then we did mass. And obviously, then I was directed by Mike. So when when we were doing press for Midnight Mass, I, I don't know. I didn't. It didn't feel like I was part of the Flanagan troop. I was like, I've only only done two, um, <clears throat> like. Uh, but at this point, now I do. Now I was like, when I walked in, and uh, it was it was family, and yeah, yeah. Wow, man! That I, as an actor, I can't, I can't fathom the like. All right first day you're getting ready you're you're setting that character and then maybe he hands you a sticky note of like what do you think about or i'm thinking about this and then suddenly you're just does it throw you off in a way or does that almost settle you into your your character you're playing now in a more appropriate manner i mean uh no it doesn't it doesn't throw me like okay <laughs> he so f- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much I can talk about this, but like, yeah, as I say, I, I'm, so I'm, far, I'm teetering. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I, I won't, I won't, I won't slip up. So far, Mike has spoken to me or dropped hints at about two or three different collaborations together since Mass to Usher, um, and they get me hyped. Um, uh i don't there's there's no negative it doesn't really do anything really it's um he's always delivered so you know with a lot of people uh you always hear you know people make a lot of promises and um that's part of the game right uh, a lot of things fall through uh there's a lot of 
layers and there's a lot of other people who come in and go, no, I, we're not funding it if you're using this actor. We want a bigger name or we want this and we want that. And as, as big and as respected as Mike is, he's still part of that system. And at any point, the uppers can say, we love everything you're doing, Mike. We really do. We, we're happy with the budget. We're going to give you more money. We just don't feel that Rahul's right for this. And as much as Mike's loyal, he can't. He's not going to sabotage an entire production and lose budget because, ah, uh, this is my guy. You know, I'm not fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. So, <laughs> so like, you, I'm always excited and I, I love the faith that Mike and Trevor Macy from Intrepid uh, uh, have been showing me and enthusiasm. I really, in my heart, feel like these are two guys who, I don't know. Like it really feels like they want they want to to help in some way, make put me in a place they believe I should be in in my career. Um, every single role and every single project is purposely a different, like doesn't resemble the last. And and when you're, you know, there's there's this. It's hard to. How do I put this? Like, if you want to be a leading man, um, and for instance, and you're not interesting looking, you can be your conventionally, your whatever, decent looking, good looking, whatever the fuck. If you're somewhere along there, um, it's very hard for people to see you as a character actor. You've got to be like a Paul Giamatti. <laughs> or a Philip Seymour Hoffman, you've got to look unconventional and interesting and stuff. And then they're like, play this dude and play a stoner and then be this guy and then be the villain in that. And like, that's where you get that, that, that rich portfolio and very few actors. And there, there has been, obviously Johnny Depp did it. And, 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 um, you know, I mean, Daniel Day Lewis is, you know, lights up the screen and he's house oh, yeah. and he's a character. But it's it's not as it's not as common, right? You tend to kind of like you, you, once you're the guy, you stay there, and it's it's hard for you to pick interesting roles. Goslin done it really well, but but it feels like with Mike and Trevor and, and they they just want each one to be different, and and they know I have the ability, or at least I'm trying to to bring something different to each performance um, in a way that maybe someone else in my position wouldn't, wouldn't be offered that opportunity. They would have seen me as Ravi and I zombie and they would have gone, that's what he does well, right? He's, he's the kind of boy next door, cheeky chappy British <laughs> science guy. And it's like, nope, this, and then it's, you know, the first thing was like, Chef and the chef was closer to Ravi a little bit, but that was just because of the puns. But it wasn't yeah. really. But but there was more of a sweet boy energy, so that made sense, even though they weren't the same. Um, <clears throat> one day on on Blind Manor, and it was like I want you to to play the sheriff, um, and obviously <clears throat> I had brought things to that too. Um, I, I I wanted to fuse a lot of uh western stuff um and physicality and things like that i was trying to bring some of that old western flair to it uh like the wild west but uh and then this character is 
nothing like the other two. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> nothing like the other two, like at all. Uh, and it's so it's nuts. And it's not that you know you, I, I'm getting to like <clears throat> this is what it was like at drama school. This is what it was like at theatre school. You you you're just experimenting, right? And you're making mistakes, and you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, and you're like, well, I'm trying to figure out. Like, well, what are my limits, right? Like, how far can I push this? Am I am I a tough guy? Can I push tough guy this tough? Can I push, you know, good guy this good? Am I funny guy? Am I lover guy? And you're 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 you're, you're doing all this again, and you don't really get to that's you know auditions. Even even with auditions, they they all sort of still the same. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. And you and you tend to play them safe because you don't want to you know you got to you got to play that game of give them something fresh and different, but also chill because you don't want to, you know, you're still trying to get the job. Um, so, like, <clears throat> it's crazy that the relationship that I have with Intrepid Mike and Trevor is, is like, um, I'm doing that amateur dramatic thing I was doing, which is I'm getting to test the waters again and try out and indulge and run to costume and, you know, I th- what about this and that and, and, and hobble things together. But this is on Netflix's dime. So it's like you're doing it on like the world stage and yeah. and that's kind of cool. Um yeah, it's scary though, because you know, you've got enough rope to hang yourself with. So yeah. and I know they'll look after me, but like at some point, you know, when you have a bit of freedom, you might like you might go too far and you know, people are like, what the f- what is that? Um you know, you might house a Gucci it with Jared Leto. <laughs> people don't say no to you. Man. Next time you see me in a Flanagan joint, I'm like, what's going on? No, like, <laughs> that's what happens without barriers. So boundaries are good. But we have healthy boundaries. I think they do. They have. They will say, yeah. That's what I was hoping for. It seems like that's that's a group that would tell you, hey, man, let's let's dial it back a notch. I like where you're going, but you're off, yeah. you're going off the beaten path. Like, <laughs> well, the only issue with that is it's like, I mean, I, I, I'm a I'm a yes man, um, which I'm sure that I don't know if that surprises people, but I, I um, ingrained in me is a deep respect for my director. Um, and look, out on in TV, uh, that can be difficult. Um, that was a lesson I had to learn because on iZombie, for instance, we had a new director every week per episode. That's how TV works. And some some came back for multiples, but we I, I would safely say I worked with 30 different directors probably within that, that time period and maybe more. I don't know. But because there were some people who, who had come back who had done a two episode arc or a three episode arc. But for the most part, we probably got through about 30 different directors. Um, and in that world, they are not the captain of the ship to a certain degree. Rob Thomas is and the showrunner is and the cast kind of have a better beat on where we're at because we've been doing it longer and you're four episodes deep and the director of episode five comes in and he's like, hello guys, right. Let's change things up. And then you've got to go, no, because that's not right. Cause you can't. So that's an, in, it's, that's an interesting world, but with limited series, 
eh-ish. Bly Manor was, was, was rotating directors too. So there was a little, there was a level still where like, yeah, but, but Mike, we got to check with Mike. Um, but for the most part, when it comes to feature and and when you're working with like one Midnight Mass, like Mike directed every episode or even uh, with, with Usher now with, with Mike and Michael Fuminari, um, yeah, they're the captains. So like what they say goes. Um, and there's just a, like I'll throw anything out. There, there's no question I have with Mike where I'll fight for something where I'm like, no, I, I really believe that this haircut is the one because there's no point where I'm going to jeopardize doing it. Um, so ultimately it's, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, uh, I might push back and I might like say, and I, I, I really think this is the direction, but I, I know that I, at the, at, in this, in this battle, I know that I will surrender first. There's no way Mike, I'm not going to, I'm not going to push Mike to that point. It's never going to happen. Um, but 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 my first job on Bly, the moustache was something I wanted, mm. uh, and uh, I think Mike was on board. But there was some there was some pushback, and it was my first job. And I was like, oh, I, I know you don't like him, but it's nineteen eighty seven. I'm South Asian. Everyone had a freaking moustache, like big, big Tom Tom Selleck. Um, glasses and thick I was like I, I just I, I don't know I, I the one thing I am slightly confident about is aesthetics I I I, I have a knack for aesthetics I I feel like when I see something I I can I was like that with I zombie I knew I, I I drew a picture of Ravi before I even met Rob really and like so I knew like rolled up sleeves over the lab coat and I wanted his hair swept a certain way and I had to fight for the beard because the CW at the time didn't let their men have beards. Oh, really? They were, yeah, they were unsightly. <laughs> I remember when I met the cast of Zombie, which was in this hotel, funnily enough, with the pilot, I showed up with a beard, you know, at 28. And they're American, Bar Rose, and they were like, oh, so when are you going to shave? I was like, I'm not going to. And they told me, they're like, and then this is the CW. There's no way they don't like, like groom you up and stuff. Yeah, but I stood by it, and and Rob stood by me, and so I've always had. And then that character became a cosplay, and <laughs> Ravi, and, and even though it has a cult following, you know, he's, he has a very iconic look. You can spot him a mile off just for the throwaway doctor in the, in the mall, and then. You know that built built my confidence, and I and I and I was very hands on with the brains that I did. So like, you know, um, I would buy my own jewelry for for characters, and I would research what watch. I don't know. I've always I've always enjoyed the aesthetics, uh, building the aesthetics, and then the same kind of. Even though I was like, hey, Mike, tell me because I'll not do any of this, but this is what I think Owen. Like I like this look. I like this this particular hairstyle with these glasses and and this mustache and and Mike's like okay, uh, and there was resistance, but Mike was like we're gonna go with the mustache. And then you know when the show came out, fucking the title of the GQ article or whatever it was was about the mustache. Like it became <laughs> a meme of 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 that of that year of that that period. Sorry, yeah. um, which bought me I feel like a little bit of trust where they were like well shit okay, and then. When we was doing the sheriff, um, you know, I was like, I want to, 
I want to invoke the silhouette of a cowboy, like Clint Eastwood, like the man with no name. I want, so I was wearing cowboy boots under my jeans. We went with a like triple denim, which was like all blue jumpsuit thing, which was crazy. And, but Mike supported it. And, you know, I sent him a picture of Joel from The Last of Us. And I was like, this is the hair, this is the beard. Like, what do you reckon? And Mike was like, yeah, that's great. I love that. Let's do that. And then the sheriff became a cosplay and a, and a, a look, you know, like, so I take that, I, you know, performance is great. Like I, I will focus on that. That's always going to be the, the thing that you focus on the most and that's all that's important. But um, the only time I do feel slightly confident when I'm a bit like, um, I, I like I, I, I have a tiny bit of resistance that I will try and be like, you know, have an open dialogue about, yeah, instead of everything just being, yes, sir, yes, sir, I'll do, you know, I'll do everything, is, is look. Um, so what I can say about the, the new project is, is I, I put, put, some, put some time into this physically. Um, and the mo one of the most rewarding things was being on set yesterday with people I've also made two other projects with at this point like a lot of our crew are from midnight mass and Bly. oh cool okay and being told that you know that you're unrecognizable <laughs> just compliments on the aesthetics as well um was was awesome so uh, it was a lot of detail and a lot of obsessing and planning and plotting and this and that and say and fight not fighting but like caring about certain things and making sure that like like I really would like this, to, and then when it comes together and and people around you on set, um, yeah, you feel good. You feel you, you. So that was nice. That's that's as much as I could say. It was a it was a really good day, and I met I met uh, some of my castmates that I hadn't met before, oh, wow. uh, and that was a trip. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the best days of my life. Uh, but I don't know how much I can talk about that. But. Yeah, yeah, I won't. I won't poker prod about about that because as as a a huge fan of of Mike's work since Hush, you know, I I thrive in the you know the mystery of what's coming next and yeah. waiting for you know uh, the story to completely unfold and just going to back to the aesthetics part of your approach to each character, man. Like it's. Watching you in mass, I, I did see, you know, Clint Eastwood. I saw Harrison Ford. I saw, you know, Timothy Oliphant from, you know, like Justified and Deadwood. I saw all those come together. And is there is there one person? I don't know if I can ask this, man. It might be a it might be a spoiler, but if you can't answer it, if you can't, don't answer. But if you can, is there a person or a character that you sort of uh, try to embody for this new show? And if you can't answer it, don't answer it. <laughs> yeah, I can't just, answer it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's just yeah, because it's yeah. Um, what can I say? Uh, no, I mean, no. This one's different. This one's okay. different. Yeah. Uh, uh, what can I say? I am embodying a culture. Mm. Okay. Not not a person, a culture. I feel like it's probably what I've been focusing on. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. do you think, you know, you're obviously a, a big fan of of kits and models and and putting mm -hmm. all those things together and just I, I you know I I'm I follow you on Instagram, so it's like seeing your your models kind of slowly come to each phase. Do you think that has something to do with your eye for aesthetics? Is just knowing, you know, that things come together piece by piece. 
Oh, uh, I never associated the two. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I've disassociated the hobby stuff from my work. Okay. Um, my, my, the, the, the hobby stuff is something I've, I've always been a kid who needed a hobby, right? Like, uh, first and foremost, I'm a gamer, number one. So, like, I sink most of my time into that. And I always have done. Like, my parents have always struggled to get me away from, from video games. Um, and, and, and film was the alternative. So, I was a film junkie, but I was still mainlining uh, video games. Um, and the, the best way you could get me to do projects was, like, well, what if you didn't play Rogue Squadron and you maybe put together this Darth Vader TIE Fighter model kit? That At least that's in, he's not in front of the screen. <laughs> so, and I love painting art. So I, was, I used to be a very good drawer and stuff and I had a big interest in it. Um, and somewhere along the way, like, I just stopped. So I, the hobby stopped and I was training at drama school and stuff like that. And... It was then, then it was just like video games going out drinking. Like that was, I was in that kind of world. And, and, and then when I was out and I wasn't booking work, um, I, uh, it was, it was tough for me. It was tough for me to, to, to get out of London. It was tough for me to get a speaking role. Um, I get a little bit of money now and again from from ad like commercials. I, I could book a couple of commercials here and there, but um, and it was but they were like small money commercials. It wasn't like the old days where people would be like, "I bought this house because I did a subway commercial." Like these were, yeah, like a grand, and that might be me done for two months. Like that was about it. So and and, and there was a lot of like you know questioning did you make the right choice are you even good enough like i was still doing background work i was doing crew work i was a pa i was running around like i was buying croissants and and, and muffins fresh to put in the talents dressing room and you know meanwhile you're you're out there and you're being told to fetch a cappuccino for some some prick and so like <laughs> so you know there's a lot going on and and you know i was it's like 24 25 26 and I was auditioning full time uh, at that point because I was auditioning a lot. It was I was kind of in a weird place because I was auditioning a lot, which you know this wasn't Zoom days, right? This was self tapes were rare. You were going in the room, and and sometimes I'd be doing two to three auditions a day all around London. You know, you'd oh, running around, and it'd be a commercial, maybe a soap opera, and maybe an indie feature, or even sometimes big oh. stuff. Being South Asian because there's so few of us, I was going up for roles against Riz Ahmed while I was still auditioning for background work. No because, shit. Yeah, because there's no pool, right? So yeah. You're, you're yeah. Indian? Okay, cool. Well, have you heard of, you know, uh, there was a, a movie he did, Black Oil, Oil, Black, so I can't remember, but like Riz was, was the lead. Um, there was like a massive lead role on on uk tv called sinbad right i was auditioning for that level of stuff at the same time i was like still doing or like auditioning to be background in commercials because they needed diversity because so that's what you do right you'll bounce between that because there's no we're all in there all 10 of us or however many south asians there were in london at the time and um so i was auditioning a lot not booking anything all my times 
gone. Uh, so it was tough to like, I, I used to work retail and it was tough to like, I was moving shifts so often. And I did one commercial and it was uh, the champions. It was for the champions league. It was for Heineken. Oh, and I got, wow. I got 10,000 um, pounds. And obviously once commission was taken and, and all the stuff, I'd, and I knew how to live on nothing. And fortunately, I'm still living with my folks. And my folks didn't give me money because I was 25, 26. So we didn't have that kind of relationship. But my dad never asked for rent. He was okay. Even wow. though he's retired, that was their support. They never, you know, they didn't have to pay for my college fees or any of that stuff. My teeth were falling out. I never had money for dental, but they were like, you can have your room and what's in the fridge. And that's our support because we know that if we, if you had to pay rent, you ain't going to make it. Um, so that, so that's what I owe my parents. They created an environment for me where I, I wasn't having to like deal with landlords um, because they knew that the bubble would burst. So that little bit of money I had, I lived off um, and I quit my retail job because I knew I had this, like, I had a few grand I could make it, and I could make that stretch. I was smoking roll up cigarettes and shit. And I was like, I'll make that stretch. Um, and in that time, this is a very long winded way of talking about my model kits. Um, <laughs> no, I love it, man. Keep going. <laughs> I, um, I found like as busy as I was, I'd also end up like for no reason. Oh, it's been four days I haven't left the house because I hadn't, I didn't have an audition, right? Um, and I'd get on everyone's nerves and what have you. So I bought a model kit and I was like, let me do this while I'm between auditions. Um, and it became an obsession again, like it fired up and, and, and it became meditation for me. And I'm a chain smoker and I have a lot of pent up energy and, um, um uh, yeah there's always something that i'm always in some form of an extreme um emotional mood and then like i'd start a model kit and five six hours seven hours would go i realized i hadn't spoken looked at my phone smoked a cigarette barely had a sip of water because i like i just like go into this trance and um and that kept me going so like it improved my mental health a little bit without me knowing that it was improving my mental health. And then I booked iZombie and everything was fine. And then I felt like my mental health was going down the toilet again recently, uh, about two years ago, three years ago. And I'd stopped, I'd stopped building. I was just doing iZombie stuff, going out, drinking and playing video games. And there's always that little thing missing. And I was like, and, and, uh, I started getting therapy and, and, and the first thing my therapist wanted me to do was to meditate. Um, and I can't, I can't, man. I, I cannot meditate. I cannot sit there. I, 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 whether it's three minutes or 50, I cannot focus. I get fidgety. My brain's all over the place. I start thinking about like maybe the character, the work or this or that or whatever. So now I make this effort like, um, Wherever I am, wherever I, even if I'm in this hotel, oh, that's the convoy. I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, it's um, it's so fate in the back, man. It's actually oh, working. it is. Yes, it's like an air horn. That's amazing that it's not picking it up. That is so loud. <laughs> I can't believe it. So I'm just going to push through. 
um, but yeah, I, 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 um, yeah. So no matter where I am, like right now, what I would have normally have done is all my workshop stuff, paints, tools, this, that, whatever, all the, I'm, you know, boxed projects I have, they're all at my place in Los Angeles and that's where they'll stay. And I'll stay out here and I'll do the same thing. I'll work and I'll go out. And I will play video games. Um, and this on this show, I was like, nope, I'm going to, whatever I do, I'm going to make sure I have on that area there something to work on. Yeah. Um, and so I bring it out. And so it's, it is purely for meditation. It's purely for mental health. I sit there, I've got my paint pots. Um, I'll probably do some this weekend and feel great. And the phone gets left alone and I don't think about my lines or anything. Um, yeah, and that, so that's all. That's the only purpose it serves. Uh, uh, in terms of aesthetics uh, and creating characters, I don't. I don't think so. I think gaming helps more with that. Like I'm a big RPG fan. Yeah. Um, so every time I'm, I approach a character, there's a level of character creation. Um, and when I play RPGs, uh, every time I do a create a character. I sink a lot of time into it. It's almost always my likeness um, with tweaks, facial hair to hair tweaks, costume tweaks to suit the world. And then I use that as an act acting exercise. So I um, embody the storyline and pretend I'm playing a role. So I walk, I don't run. I try and pick dialogue. I, I try and interact with the environment as I would like it was a show or a film. Oh, wow. With me playing the character, it's really frustrating to watch me play an RPG because I, I, I walk and I will take my time hitching the horse here. and It's just, I don't know. Because I'm I'm constantly thinking about choices, the choices yeah. we make as an actor, and what would I do here? How would I? What's what's my character? How is my character behaving in this moment? Oh, I just learned this news from from this, so I'm going to haul ass over here because I would I would ride my horse with ferocity because of this reason. Whereas this time I won't ride my horse that fast because. Of the, but <clears throat> it's it it to me it just sharpens the tools when I'm not working. That's what I like to do. So RPGs and stuff like that are something that I Mass Effect's a great example. It was one of the first oh yeah, you know, RPGs for me was picking dialogue tree options and picking relationships, but, but then like not just allowing it to be in the screen in front of me, but like to be in here and let that think about how I pull the puppet strings of this guy based off the story beats and whatever. But yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, that's, um, it's, I don't think I've talked to anyone about the idea of, of making choices in another medium and how that would affect, you know, your performance as an actor. Mm -hmm. You know, for some people it's, you know, it's playing a board game or, you know, it's just like, it's just different things that, that allow you to strategize and it, going back to before you picked up iZombie, like, it just, I think every actor listening to this needs to hear that. Like it's not, everyone's going to have their shot. That's, that's a common thing, right? Unfortunately, that's just not the, the yeah. way of the world, yeah. but 
you know, I, I'm very much in the spot where you were before you got iZombie, where, you know, it's all non-union, non-union commercials. It's like a grand, but after your agent gets it, you know, 800 bucks, it's barely your rent. You know, you're, you're scarcely getting by, but finding something that can calm you down is just, it's a, it's a true gift, you know, and finding something like that to put all your energy into it's, it's just insane, man. I, I've never, actually, I shouldldn't say I've never. I think I, I put together an X-wing model maybe 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and I butchered the hell out of it. Yeah. It did not come out great. I don't have it anymore, but when I did have it, I put it on my desk because it reminded me of, hey, you can do other things. Stop thinking about, you know, this mm-hmm. audition or that callback. Do something yeah. else. So yeah. uh, it's just, it, it's really cool thinking the about is, man, you, you You lose your sense of self-worth. Yeah. Um, and it's <clears throat> you, you it's there's a good and bad there's that you you're without knowing you're developing calluses um to a certain degree anyone would when you face that much rejection um and anytime you can achieve something it's it's a win even if it's not necessarily in your field it's a win and 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 for me I felt like a piece of shit Monday through Friday, uh, exacerbated by everyone around me, exacerbated by, you know, your peers and the people you look up to, just booking the next one, booking the next one. Things and projects that you, your dream projects are being cast without you even being a, a, a grain in the sand in that production okay. and feeling like time's running away and, and, it was it's a dark period man and um and yeah and i'm sorry that that's 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 the that's where you're 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 at but it with the where it comes to with the model kits and it doesn't have to be model kits anything you can do on a daily basis to pat yourself on the back is a good thing and if it's laying down a decal on an x-wing perfectly or if it's a really good paint job, or if it's putting together a bit of Lego, and I mean, hobbies are hobbies, and they're expensive, and they <laughs> they can they can spiral, but then they can also be matched. That you know, it depends on on your level, but like, you know, you can get a miniature for a couple of bucks. Um, you can do it shit and just use a couple of paints and a couple of pots of acrylic paint and call it a day. And even just like. You know, on an ultramarine, just a, a little bit of perfect gold trim here, and you cleaned it up, and you look at it, and you go, "I did that. That's cool." It makes the five failed audition just for a second. It's just a little. It's, a, it's just a, it's a little reward to yourself about that's creative or when it's kind and it's and they store up, man. They store yeah. up, and but like I would say. It's it's real hard, man. Because I'm not I'm not look I'm not living the fucking dream. I don't have a fucking star on the walk of fame or anything. I'm yeah. mad early into my career. Um, I'm not, not a fucking household name. I don't. I could go outside right now, walk the whole of Vancouver, and not be approached or asked anything or noticed. That's not fame. Yeah, I'm I'm Twitter famous, maybe, and even then I'm not really. But like, I might be social media known, or you saw a tweet from this guy. That's not famous. Um, so I don't. I wouldn't say that. You know, you, 
I'm not Drake. I haven't. <laughs> I started from the bottom. Now we're here, kind of talk. Yeah. But I have been able to make a decent living from my chosen profession for the last seven, eight years. And it went from the lowest point of my career to the highest in the space of seven days. Seven days. I shit you not. I did not have a, you know, all the things I, I, I would assume about people who are booking work. Um, I'm proof that that's bullshit. So I didn't have a top tier agent. It was a very, 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 very low tier agent. I didn't go to a good school. So I didn't have like, yeah, but maybe, you know, they see Rod. Or, no, I went to an amateur dramatic school. That's all I did. Two years, three days a week. My agent did background work, commercials, every now and again, whatever. Yes, I did. I was seen for stuff, sometimes bigger because of my race, sorry, my ethnicity. But that was, you know, whatever. But um, I didn't have contacts. So I'm, I'm just auditioning like cattle calls. Yeah. And on a Friday, I got, I had an audition for 24 London. Uh, real small character, whatever. It was a few lines or whatever the fuck it was, like tiny guest role. Yeah. And I, uh, it was the worst audition at that. I don't know. It was a really bad audition, man. They didn't send me the sides. Um, they didn't the send you the sides? No, they didn't send me the prepared sides. Someone wow. forgot. And I showed up. They were very apologetic that that had happened. But then I was given these. And they were like, well, yeah, we're really we're crazy that you weren't sent the sides. We're so sorry. Have a look at them now. And then I went in the room and then I felt like I was... I was being judged that my read wasn't great, even though you knew I didn't have the fucking sides and I was yeah. stumbling a little bit and I wasn't being able to like, I couldn't make the adjustments in time because I fucking hate reading. And I just felt so disrespected, man. And like, uh, uh, I walked out like, I'm, I'm done, man. I'm done feeling this one. I'm done with these people. They got my, you know, career in their hands. And even then, like, this person knew that I was at a disadvantage, but then was still groaning at my performance. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm 27 years old. I'm turning 30 in a couple of years. And like, I'm fucking done with being spoken to like this, man. It's doing, it's doing me in. And I just wanted to be, I just, you know, I, I, and, and I hadn't achieved enough to even get to that point where being doing this made sense. It's not like I made a few dents and I was like, I'm close, man. I'm close. Remember how I got to like the recall of this? No, I didn't even have that. I was never down to the last anything of anything. You start questioning yourself, man. And, and so I walked out of that audition and I called my, my then agent and, and I was pissed and I just wanted to rant. And I don't know, like, it's like an abusive relationship because you, you threaten, like, I'm going to leave. I'm fucking done. You know, you're not. You, you know you're going to be back on Monday, like, and that was that was me with acting. Like, I hated it; it treated me badly. Uh, but it always had that little, it was that little something that always got me back. And so I just wanted to vent, and I was like, "I'm fucking done, man. I'm done with this shit." And I, and, and and they were very dismissive, and and they said to me, um, "You know, uh, we have an audition for you for a pilot." And I'd never really auditioned for a pilot before uh, called iZombie. It's like, okay. Uh, and it sounds terrible. And <laughs> um, 
but I took that. I looked at the sides and I looked at it and I saw it was a decent monologue and I was like, just fucking angry. I was just angry at how I'd just been treated and where my life was at. So I just hit this audition just unnecessarily hard. And I got it on its feet over the weekend. I liked performing it. Um, and I couldn't wait to kind of perform it. Anyway, so I went in on a Monday. They put it on the tape for me and they sent it to uh, Rob Thomas. Friday, I was cast as one of the leads. Jesus, man. That's so, the quickest turnaround I've ever heard. <laughs> right. But yeah. it does happen. And the more actors I meet, because now I get to meet, I'm meeting everyone who got the call. That's my life, right? How did you, what, 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 what? And it does happen. If you look at how many there are of us versus how many have the call, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Like, not everyone's going to make it. But that, and that's the allure, man. That's the, that's the Vegas. That's the, that's the yeah. gambling of it all, right? <laughs> it's the jackpot. Um, but I went from working-class kid who, you know, like I said, no contacts, no education, no qualifications, really. Not a good agent, whatever. And, and I just fucking swung at that character with everything I had at that point and it made noise and my life changed after that week and and I grew in confidence and I learned there's a certain learning that you you get from like TV's great like you know character creation auditions these are the things that like you can keep working on, but on set experience, it's like there's enough, there's nowhere else to really pick that up if you're not working. And, and that's something I was green, you know, like I knew how to play Ravi from day one. I don't feel like I came in and I was here and the rest of the cast were there. Like in terms of performance, I came in just as fucking hard as anyone else. And regardless oh, yeah. of their experience, right? Like I'm, Ravi was a fully fleshed character. He tested it was one of the highest tested on the from the from the pilot. So that was cool. But my technical, I've never been on set. So I didn't yeah. know what words meant. I didn't know <laughs> like how it goes and how to behave. Um, um like press, I was definitely the greenest and um all of it. Like and so that and that was something I had to learn, and that was something that Malcolm Goodwin in particular was who played uh, Detective Babineau. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like my big brother. Like he, he, New York guy, and New York and Londoners, there's like a, they're like cousins. There's a similarity <laughs> in in energy, and he took me under his wing, um, and just took care of me for for the whole of the five years, and um, yeah, and then and then yeah, and the rest is history, man. But like I, I don't know. I hope something there like resonates. Like it can it does happen because it fucking happened. Um, I know it's a jackpot, I'm not saying it's common, but like all I remember is 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 and I forget this sometimes, I have to remind myself of this. The, the Ravi will always be the best audition I ever did. Because of what it means. And maybe I've or I've probably auditioned better than Ravi, but that will always be the audition I remember. But one thing about him, or that audition that sticks out to me more than any others that I've ever done, is that I really 
fucking enjoyed performing the audition. I showed it to my loved ones, which I wow. never do with auditions. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember my sister, who I never act in front of, she was like, it's really good. That was my weekend. And I was hyped to, to do it in front of the casting agent on Monday. I actually enjoyed it. And like, that's something to remember. I, I don't know. There's something in there. Like, we audition because we want something, right? There's a transaction. Here's what we prepared. You give me job, please. <laughs> and we put a lot of weight and expectation and on ourselves and whatever. And, and you can't always do it. But like, if you find that moment where like you've worked on a piece and then it's just like, I love the words. I love the flow. I enjoy doing it. I get a little kick out of like this section here where I, this turn or the way I play this line and they lead into it and I come out of it on the other end and like, and you put their little, you know, I see monologues particularly or pieces as uh, I try to imagine a roller coaster. Oh, totally. So yeah. you visualize it, right? And I visualize, well, where there's, where's the dip? But don't put too many of these, but just enough and you maximize the thrill of going through those monologues. They can't just be flat and they can't just ramp up and then th there's got to be variety. If you enjoy building that, and you enjoy then riding it and test riding it. Fuck desperation. Like, forget booking it, not booking it, and all the other stuff. Now it just becomes what it should be, right? Which is, I'm enjoying performing this. This is fun. <laughs> and I think that resonates. And I think, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, that was Ravi. And that's one of the only times, man. So even now when I audition, I go through the motions. Like, do you even fucking like this? Yeah, do you feel it? Do you enjoy doing this? But I do when I'm at work. That's the funny thing. There are scenes like when I'm at work now with the character. Um, like I was, I was, I was excited. Once I'd done the work on the scene I was doing yesterday, I was nervous and I was like, this is the wrong interpretation. But I also hadn't actually played the character yet. But I was excited to do this scene. I was excited to like. So when, you know, when Mike was like, all right, let's. Let's do it. Let's let's feel it out. Let's rehearse. I, I couldn't wait because I knew I knew it. And like, if that was an audition, I would have nailed it, right? Because I I was you were locked in. in. Yeah, I was locked in, and I was like, and I enjoy. I just enjoyed performing it. So I like, yeah, it's something to um, yeah, something to think about. Yeah, yeah, that 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 does hit. Because every time I've I've been doing it for for eight years, and every time I think I might want to do something else or I want to stick to writing, you know, I I booked uh wind river taylor sheridan's movie in hmm. in 2016 and before i knew it i was on set working with two avengers i i was a huge fan of and learning from graham green what it was like to to be an actor of you know an ethically ambiguous look yeah. and and what that means and then uh you know till last year i didn't get anything big until i did uh a tv show on cw uh walker and i had oh you, know, you and walker with jared and Lindsay. yeah yeah I had, I, I had three lines that were cut because it rained the previous day so yeah. i was just you know I, I was still in the scene when i was interacting with them and, and acting but it was uh at that point i i wasn't disappointed that the lines were cut because i had that experience of oh wow i'm working with you know I'm working with Sam Winchester. I've, I've loved yeah. this guy since I was 13. Like, this is yeah. fantastic. And then the, the guy that plays the trickster is directing it. So I, you know, it's two birds with one stone. Mm -hmm. So 
it, it does resonate because it, it just it flies out of nowhere. And right now, you know, I I was pinned uh, for a couple things, and then you know I thought I was going to be a part of a show, and ultimately didn't work out. But the audition, as you were saying, like I I just I went for that audition, and it was something that I felt myself being. So that that does hit, man. Like that that idea of I'm just in it. You know, you want to do if, some manifesting with me? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I was eight years before I was on me. Were you? Yeah, no shit. It was eight years. And just wow. around those eight years, I got like my first couple of lines on a, on, a, on EastEnders. And whole, like those yeah. were where the first trickle started. And they do build your confidence, man. Like I had lines cut. I was in a show called Dates or something for Channel 4. And it was uh, the first time it wasn't a soap opera. I was actually in a drama, UK drama. I played the bartender who chats up the lead. Cut. Gone. Not even my face. They didn't tell me. I just, I had everyone in my family and friends watching live. And the episode came up. And it was just, you saw my arm. And and I was out. Never, never told me. But these all happened. Just, I was eight, eight years and then. When it was I only eight years from starting with my age, starting whatever, it, yeah, whatever, yeah, starting it basically. Yeah, you, you give us hope, man. Like you, you give us hope that that something could happen. You know, if you're working towards yeah. it and you meet the right people, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, it's going to be the, right it's the, it's sometimes it's you know like <sighs> Ravi, Ravi was is mine, yeah, and you know it's uh. No one else, no one else can play that character. That was, I was, no. it felt like <laughs> it was written for me before I'd even met anyone. Um, so sometimes that has to happen too, right? It's got to be the right, the right one. But actually, it wasn't written for me. No, it's bullshit. Don't believe that. Ravi, they wanted a forty-year-old. It was supposed to be in. Uh, he's he's the he's the Giles of the Buffy group. He's supposed to be the older mentor. Oh, seriously? Yeah, because that's missing from our show, right? You've got yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. Helen, yeah. You, got there, you got the love interest, and you got the detective, and the detective. They're the same. They're meant to be around about the same age ish. There's you know, Babano's a little bit more experienced. Ravi was supposed to be. I'm going to cure you. I'm going to understand it. He's Giles. Yeah. And if you look at the original brief. Um, and, and I don't know who Mark, um, who Rob Thomas had written it for, but they declined. Much older than me, who was a father figure for Liv, because her father's absent. Yeah. And then they saw my tape, and I'm 27. <laughs> and they were like, fuck this, make it a 28-year-old. I don't <laughs> care. Um, so they just switched it, man. Like, yeah. So even when you're not, it's not written for you. It's written for, I don't know. They made it work. because so they were like, and he wasn't supposed to do Ricky Gervaisians, but I was upset. I'm, I was obsessed with, you know, I grew up on Ricky Gervais. <laughs> so there was a little bit of that in the audition and flares of this. And I didn't know that Rob was obsessed with the office, the UK office. So he picked up on some of those stuff and it was all just the right stuff. But again, like, it was controlled though. It wasn't, you know, there's not, it wasn't just luck. Like I said, I shouldn't have been, been reading for, you know, like it wasn't, I wasn't the right guy walked in at the right time. I made that character mine. And then they had to then change things about the character because they really liked the performance. So even then, like, it, you know, cause they could have gone chief medical examiner. He's 27 years old and I don't look old for my age. Like, no. I looked appropriate for my age. 
Um, it's crazy to think Ravi worked at the CDC, he got fired, and now he's this and he's this. So, like, they just fucking, they like the work. They're like, I like what this kid's bringing to this. Fuck it. Like, I'm going to change it. And, um, yeah, Mike's doing that now, it feels, as well yeah. with me. Like, he's just like, fuck this. I know it's not, we didn't ex- I don't think he wanted his sheriff to be Sheriff Daddy. <laughs> and he wrote it 10 years ago. I don't think he wanted his, his 9-11 Muslim hero to, yeah. like, you know, smolder and put his hand on his hips. And just, I don't know what I was doing. But he made it, he, he loved it. He made it work for me. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, make it, make it your own, man. Yeah, that's, uh, it's just awesome hearing that, man. Um, knowing that. It, it take it takes a lot to be a working actor, especially, you know, these days. It's not the seventies anymore, you know, when you can just kind of kind of walk in, maybe get somewhere. You kind of you have to teeter for a little bit. Um yeah. it's it, it's it's strange, but But there's more content now than there's ever been. Yeah. There's more channels for I mean, I'm I'm waiting because I know you're, you know, I, I'm a, a huge Mandalorian nerd. Uh, mm. I, I've loved Star Wars my entire life, uh, ever since watching the VHS uh, copies that my my uncle had. But I'm waiting to see you on either, you know, maybe The Mandalorian season three, mm. so just anything, because you have that that factor of you can blend into that story. You know, right. you're you're not standing out to the point where it's like, oh, it's, um, you know, if Can Ricky Gervais showed up in Star Ricky Wars, Gervais, yeah, it would still be Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, I, I, I hope that happens for you. Cause I can only imagine like, what, have, unless you, you don't see yourself in that, that world as an actor and more of a fan, but I could, I could see you just rolling it in Star Wars. So firstly, my first day yesterday was uh, hanging out with someone. Um, and if oh. you've seen our cast list, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh. So it was the first time we met, and <laughs> I was very emotional. Um, and they're the best, and it still hasn't sunk in. Mike was taking photos on his phone, and it's and he sent them to me when I was going home, and it's just me like this. Or like that, and then leaning in and and talking like yeah. And, uh, I haven't even processed it yet. I called my mum last night on the way home from work. She knows about how much I love Star Wars and what yeah. it means to me. Um, she burst into tears on the phone when I told her because she was she just, the way she said it made me cry. She she said you're meeting your hero. It's like it, it fucking it broke me last night. Um, and uh, yeah, and I and I told them the same thing that I. I, that is the truth. I, I they asked me why I became an actor, and and, and I said it was. I said this is fucking embarrassing, man. <laughs> it's it was to be in Star Wars. That's yeah. the life goal. I wanted to be in the world. I wanted to start. I wanted to contribute. So I thought I was going to do special effects, and I wanted to work for ILM. And a little bit later, I I decided I was going to contribute by being an actor and playing and then it became the bucket list guy I have one bucket list goal and it's to play a character in the Star Wars universe that's, that's why I became, became an actor and I told, I, told, I told him yesterday and he said something extremely sweet um, and was super sweet with me knowing that he's dealing with a, a fanboy who's trying to 
keep a lid on it because we've got a fucking job to do. But um, <laughs> so yeah, it is. It is. I don't look. I don't deny it. Um, it's mine. It's my personal life goal. It's got nothing to do with anyone else. Um, I've got greedy. That's the truth. So, um, what can I say about it? I, I, yeah, I met Dave Filoni a few months ago. What? Yeah. And, uh, something, a mutual event. It wasn't an interview. And Dave said, as we approached one another, he went, I know you. And I was like, do you? (laughs) Why? How the fuck does he know me? Maybe he just loves Supergirl. I don't know, but <laughs> but like my world have has, in terms of my life goal in Star Wars, they're there. They're kissing. They're in bed. You know, my co-star has been in a couple of Star Wars movies. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know if you know, it's it's all it's all there and it's and stuff. So here's the thing: when I started with my life goal as an eleven-year-old, it was. It was a contribution to the universe. And it had no real, there was nothing too small and nothing too big. It was whatever. I just want to do it. And over the years, it like, you know, I just want to be a stormtrooper. I don't even have to, I just need to know I did it. I, I, even I'll do it. And then when the prequels were done, it's like, oh, even just a voice on the Clone War. I just, I just want to do one thing, one game. Just do a, a even an NPC. Yeah. And then, um, I, I'll admit this. Now I'm like fucking lead or nothing. <laughs> so I mean, as I've you upgraded. <laughs> I keep, I bumped it up, and now I'm like, you know, uh, uh, would I be on the Mandalorian or the Book of Boba Fett? And, you know, you walk into the cantina and some guy goes, no droids in here. And people go, some people will be like, oh, Rahul, he made it. Oh, he was the bond. I'm not doing it. I'm yeah. saying no. And, I, and, I, and I've proven this. So this isn't just false. Like, I have been like this about certain things. I'm not going to say what projects and what franchises, but I have stuck to my guns. Now I'm at the roulette table. Sorry, that's a bad analogy. Now I'm at the poker table and I'm probably at a point where, yeah, I can do it. I can finish this life goal and go and and cash my chips, right? And I go, I know enough people and I know the world and I know whatever. I'm sure I could be the guy who just gives someone the gun or sells this or does the mod or whatever or be one of them, ride one of them fucking scooters. (laughs) Um, I'm sure I can get to that point, right? Yeah. But why? What, one bite of the apple? What if, what if I, what if I don't? What if I, what if I um, stay at the table and I don't cash out and I risk it and I shoot for something more with some substance? Um, Why not? At first, it was by all means necessary, like by any means necessary, any size, any contribution. And, and now I'm like, well, hold on. You've made a decent career for yourself. I became an actor just to be in Star Wars. But you know what? I ended up loving acting more than Star Wars. Like, I love my job. So, and I love the projects I've been in. And 
I've chosen. It's it's real hard because of the NDAs. Because I don't know, like, I I it's I always hazard on the side of not saying anything. But like, I've turned down something because of Midnight Mass, and that something is what you know part of that goal. <laughs> terrible way of putting all of this. Hey, it worked. It worked. But I did it because actually, fucking Midnight Mass is better. I, 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 I mean, this means more to me. So it, it has changed slightly. And I'm like, but I love what I do. And, I, and you know, all right. So I didn't, I didn't, what I did yesterday and what I got to work on yesterday and who I got to, to meet and work with was so dope. Like, I got to do that. And I could have been in Star Wars and never have experienced that because I could have just been, what? Like, on the scooter, <laughs> right? The, the yeah. little mod gang. Yeah. And that's it. That's my contribution. But but yesterday, yesterday, I was I was in, I was on the set with fucking Luke Skywalker. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So like and and that meant like so it's 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 like I don't know, man, like Yeah, like I do. I will. I'm gonna. And I, it's 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 until I die, right? I said I'll yeah. do it when I do it. So I've set myself this one goal. It's personal to me. I know some people. You know, I, I know I caused a bit of a stir with the Ezra trolling, which I didn't mean to. It, it it spun out of control, and everyone thought I was Ezra Bridger, and I and you know it brought a lot of new people to my social media yeah. who don't know me because people who knew me were like, "Don't take it seriously. He fucks around. He's a troll." <laughs> And he isn't Ezra Bridger. Like, we know he's not. No one else took it seriously, but the new people that came my way... Just went apeshit. Yeah. And then were very upset when they realized that this may have been fabricated because I was just watching Rebels. Um, <laughs> and, I, and, 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 yeah, like, I, I will do it. I'm, I'm, I have every confidence I'll do it. Now I'm just like, look, off the top of my head, crazy, crazy, crazy dream bucket list stuff, yeah. right? I'd want to be Revan. More importantly, Dude. I think I would be a fucking dope reimagining of Carl Catan with a new backstory that isn't because we can't do it because of EU. Yeah. I mean, I am brown Carl Catan. <laughs> so, like, Dash Rendar. I want to, that, like, these were the, these were the characters I fucking adored from the EU from the video games and and I'm like you know they're, they're wish list kind of characters but like why not like fuck it I'd rather not yeah. do it I'd rather fail and say I never did it have this wonderful career make these incredible like my, I've been so fortunate man like I, I did I did like my first video game was Gears 5. Where I, I, I played Fars. Oh, and yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, my first TV show was iZombie with the fucking creator of Veronica Mars, and I did the DC Vertigo thing. My first guest spot was Supergirl. My first show outside of the CW was The Haunting of Bly Manor, the second season of one of the biggest horror shows of all time with this you know, with Mike fucking Flanagan. So like, 
I have had such a wonderful short career right now, and and like I don't know, I'm I'm prouder. I'm I, if I never got in Star Wars, but that's the work. That was the that's that's what Star Wars technically bought me, right? Like because of that franchise, I did this body of work and I had these experiences. I'm all right with it. And if I say yes to Star Wars, it's it's. All, and this goes for Marvel now and it goes for DC. You get one bite of those apples and like some of the auditions that have come by and some of the things, it's not a big enough bite of the apple. So fuck <laughs> it. I've got, you know, maybe people don't like hearing this from 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 brown people when we have a bit of self-worth and we want things. But yeah. I want, I want I, I, like, fuck it. I've done, I'm, I'm good enough. I don't see why not. Like, um, I'm not willing to take sidekick best mate in stuff anymore fuck it i'd rather just not do it you know and and that's why mike and, Tre- and trevor have been amazing because they also feel the same way about me they if they heard then when they hear like i'll let them know i just got this and that and they're like you should be the fucking lead um so that's the star wars journey it's um it's just gotta. It's 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 got to be a good bite. I'd rather not have a bite at all and, and keep working on other stuff. Yeah. Well, man, you, you've you've earned that that level to say no. I, you've seen my body work. You've seen what I can do. Like I'm gonna hold my my self worth right there. It's it's either this or or nothing else. Sorry, like and I'm okay with that. Yeah, and it's yeah. the fact that you are okay with it. And it's not a oh I'm gonna regret that for the rest of my life. Like it's it's funny that the what I did yesterday. Yeah. What everything that took place at work yesterday, man, the eleven-year-old who who sat down and watched the special editions, that he came back, he was there yesterday on set, and I I've done it. I've I've done, I've achieved the things that that eleven-year-old wanted, but a little bit more. Because <laughs> that's, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, no, OG, that's OT, that's the original trilogy. Um, like, I got to, like, uh, I got that, that got to happen. So, like, yeah, so fuck it. Like, the, yeah, it's, um, I, I've achieved, I've, I've, I've ticked off things I've wanted to tick off. So, and not a lot of people can, can say that, especially when they're completely separate entities and, and franchises. I mean, the, when when you put up you know mark's post you know about like him commenting on your on your tweet that was the you know the the day i'd seen the newest episode of book of boba fett and that was a, about a week after i interviewed carrie jones who plays black Santin in book of boba fett and he's he had the same reaction you did it was just like holy shit i'm a little kid again I'm gonna rock it, but I'm a little kid again, and this is this is going great. Like it's just, it's I can see it in your eyes as you talk about it that that experience means more to you than like being a, a I don't want to say being a lead in a Star Wars project, but being on the project's different than meeting one of your heroes from childhood who you are actually working with. That's just insane to think about, especially Mark himself, like the <laughs> the OG of the Star Wars trilogy, man. It's uh. It's crazy to think about, and usually, like in the in this podcast, we'll ask our guests, you know, do you have a party story or something that you <laughs> tell the yeah. audience about? Like, I don't know. Do you have anything that could that could top that? 
I don't know if you if you have an experience that could top working with Luke Skywalker on your your first day of set. <laughs> That's just so crazy. Man. I know. I haven't processed. I told you it's only happened. Yeah, it's only been twelve <laughs> hours since we wrapped. Um, there's been a few, man. There's there's been there's a couple of things that have happened over the last few years still really kind of broke my brain a little bit obviously that's like i said i'll process that one day um but like got hideo kojima posing with the midnight mass artwork in japan at his studio with my page (laughs) with him with the sheriff like this dude like that's what's fucking, that's what's messing with me, man. And that's why maybe I should go back to therapy because I'm like, yo, my sense of reality is being broken on a daily basis. Like, you know, am I in a dream? I mean, is this all real? When is this going to be over? Why is, why are good things constantly happening? It makes me anxious. What the fuck? Like, why are these man things that I manifested? Why are they happening? It breaks your reality, man. Why am I sitting here with Mark? And we're talking about Dagobah. What is going on? <laughs> Why is one of my favorite people in the planet, and we made my, one of my favorite series, is why is he posing with a picture of me? Like, bro, it fucks with you. It does. It fucks with you. Why did Filoni behave the way that Filoni did? And I'm like, I've been the biggest Filoni stan since the fucking prequels. Uh, yeah, man, and 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 so there's loads of these these things that happen. The one that I cried, I, di- I didn't cry yesterday on set. <laughs> yeah, but, but, for that. but like <laughs> it's this real small thing. But um, uh, I want to say a year ago, um, I got an email um, from uh, Liverpool Football Club, and I've supported them since 1992. So I was about. 93 years, I was about seven or eight years old. Um, and they were actually asking if I would uh, just film a little something on my phone, tell my best joke for the um, staff and to thank them, you know, for COVID and, and all the work that, you know, they've been and everything that's been happening. They were putting together a little in-house video. So it wasn't for the public and it wasn't for Twitter. It wasn't for Instagram. It was just for the the staff. Hmm. And in, and it was the official letterhead. And it was from Liverpool Football Club. It's from the head of marketing, PR, publicist, or whatever. And in it, they just said, "Like, um, we, uh, we, it, I don't know. I can't remember the exact words, but it was along the lines of we see you. Um, we're so proud to have you as a supporter, um, uh, and being a part of the family and." Next time you come home, we, you know, we'll take care of you. Come to Anfield and, dude, I like cried, <laughs> like I couldn't believe it. Like that weirdly hit me more than most stuff because, you know, I'm meeting actors and writers and directors and creatives. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same building. I might be on, you know they're on the higher floors, but you're going to meet in the elevator, right? You, yeah. You're going to bump into these people, but your favorite sports team, they've got, they don't need to reach out to me. Who gives a fuck, right? I have no contribute. I don't contribute anything to the sport world. 
you know, for for my boyhood club, for my club, that you know, to to see that you know email address, and then to see the official like lettering and all the stuff from there, man, I was just like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know? And I'm trying to. I was going to send a tweet because I really want to find out because this will blow me away. It's like someone, one of our players or our manager, someone must have watched Midnight Mass. They must have, right? Like there's 30 of them. Unless they all just watch Squid Game, someone <laughs> must have watched Midnight Mass. And I just want to find out who did. And yeah. just be like, I don't know, fucking love you, man. Like, uh, yeah. So, but that email, weirdly, I know it's not, that's not, a party thing no one's going to be like cool um i mean i mean i i, I got to meet like my first comic con i got to meet jim lee and yeah. we had dinner um afters and i think jim and i were drawing on napkins and he was like will you do this and do that? and i was like what the fuck <laughs> jim lee gave me a drawing lesson and and you know like um Oh, yesterday. Every, yeah, it's yesterday, isn't it? I, I guess I can't process anything but yesterday. Um, yesterday was one of the greatest days of my life. Um, yeah. yeah. I can tell, I can tell it's, it's not quite hitting yet. Nah. Like it's, it's, it's still in that my, surreal I got, state. I got, I got my photos and I, I dreamt about it. Oh, my God. I dreamt about it. Last night? Yeah, I dreamt that was what I dreamt. I dreamt that we were hanging out, continuing the hang. How fucking weird is that? Holy shit. That's how much that, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, the 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 email you received is, is like a very intimate and straight to the heart, you know, uh, experience. And I'd say it's it's on par with, with meeting Mark and working with him. You know, it's just that, that sense of being a kid again and and holding on to it especially meeting him and working with him and then this football club you support since you were a kid it's just it almost feels like it gives you anxiety because of you know our our acting sense of imposter syndrome where it's like, well if this is happening i don't deserve it something bad's yeah. going to happen the universe yeah. needs balance it's it's yeah. it's insane yeah. um but you you are working your ass off for this. You have been working your ass off for this, and you know, coming to you as a fan, man, like you you deserve everything that's happening right now. Oh, thank you. And it's just it's it's great hearing about that. Now I can't wait to see the you know the fall of the house of usher even more. It's just it it just hearing all this stuff is it's just been a, a gift over the last you know year and a half since doing this podcast. And uh, I know we, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but do you have? a piece of advice or something you could offer up to the listeners of this podcast, whether they're, you know, actors, they're getting into the arts industry, you know, do you have any piece of advice for anybody listening right now? Um, uh, you know, like, it's so, it's, it's kind of cliched, um, but you know, things are cliched because they're overused and things are overused because there's probably some truth to them. <laughs> um, you have to self-belief, man, believe in yourself. And look, we're very, we are hard on ourselves. And I say the worst and treat myself the worst. And I'm, I'm bad for people who, for something that we all 
do. I'm on the really bad scale of being bad to myself. Um, but I still believe in myself. Mm. And I might not like my work. I might feel like I don't belong. I might feel like I, I'm not as good as the rest of anyone around me or my performance could have been better. They could have got a better actor. And it's at the same time, I still believe I'm going to do everything I want to do because that doesn't get in the way. That doesn't, that doesn't like the mission doesn't change. Yeah. Even if I'm, even if I feel like I don't quality in my work, doesn't sit right with me. That's fine because you know, it just spurs me on to attack the next one. You know, I always feel like I'm throwing bricks. So, you know, I work harder to make sure that the next time I'm I'm off the bench and I'm on the I'm on I'm on the court, you know, I can say I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a three pointer. And so I always end up hating the match. I always end up hating the project, and I'm like, fuck, I didn't like it, I didn't like it. But then I'm, I'm I work harder for the next one. So my point being is that like the two aren't like linked so like you can be very hard on yourself and have imposter syndrome and you can have all of that stuff but you can still believe in yourself right but that shouldn't ever be taken away don't let the noise don't let the feedback don't let the 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 bricks you've thrown or or watching people you like even little things right like you go up for a roll two lines three lines you don't get it and then you see who got it you watch it and they're shit and you think well if mine was if they got it and they're shit how shit am i yeah <laughs> like <clears throat> i must have been really shit <laughs> cool but back on the belief it's 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 this thing man it has to be unwavering because it's tested and it's tested and it's tested it's tested by auditions it's tested by your landlord it's tested by your partner it's tested by your family it's tested by your social group it's tested by the industry it's tested by the content you consume you go and watch a movie i remember being in that position where i'd go and watch a movie that inspired me and at the same time that it inspired me it bummed me out it bummed me out because i'm not there and i don't even know if i could ever get there but I want to be there. So it's always tested, man. And, and, and that's something that, like, that for me has got to be unwavering. Because I, I hate myself and I don't think I'm that good. And I don't, uh, you know, I, 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 if you'd seen me yesterday when I first went on set and stuff, I wasn't keen on anything. And eh, despite everyone else's feedback, it's just always going to be there. But I know. I'm going to book, uh, don't worry about it. I'm, no matter how shit this is or the work <laughs> I'm doing, I'm still going to fucking uh, power through all of this until I get to where I want to get to and I achieve the things I want to achieve because I believe in myself. That's, and that's hard to do, man, especially in, uh, I guess, in any a, everyday life, but e even in this, unless you're a complete sociopath, you're not going to, you know, walk in and say, oh, crushed it. Yeah, <laughs> there are yeah. some people for sure, but yeah, it's just it's comforting to hear that uh, that level of just you know staying humble. Like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna rock through it. It could suck, but you have people there that you trust to tell you like, hey, good job, or let's change it up a bit. You know, it's just yeah. it's. Um, I got one yeah. more piece of advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um, and this is the most important one, actually. This is for when you are working, and this is for when you are on set. Um, we, I've noticed that celebrating pricks, it's had its time. The diva of Hollywood, the 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 the, the idea of treating your crew a certain way, okay. uh, this prestige, this this being problematic. Um, but being so fucking talented that we're all going to turn around and not, you know, but still work with you because you're, um, you're who you are. It's dying and it's dying in the age of social media. It's dying because we talk more, uh, we're more open about stuff and you worked with someone and they were terrible. That can be corroborated by 50 other people immediately and it could make the news that night. It never used to be like this. Um, but more importantly, man, like, Mike doesn't, someone like, and I, I'm obviously, I'm only using Mike because obviously I know him well enough and we worked together a few times. I'm sure this is for everyone, but I've noticed that, yes, Mike likes to work with certain people. Now, Hamish Linklater, for instance, who we just did Midnight Mass with, who is a wonderful human, his performance is, is, is phenomenal. So performance is always going to be there. Mike wants to work with talented people. He wants to work with talented actors. But more importantly, because at this level, everyone's talented. Everyone's talented. These are all the 1%. These are the people who've, who've pushed through, got through, got the right role, you know, had the experience. They've been doing stuff. Who gives a fuck at this point? That's something that we all share. You're good at what you do. You're good at what you do. You're good at who cares? What isn't necessarily the common factor is, is how nice you are to work with. That changes. And that becomes the currency because, cool, like you crushed your monologue, but then you're a <laughs> fucking prick to the crew or you're just a nightmare to work with. You don't like your attitude. Talented people don't get called back for job number two. Because word spreads. Um, and that, to me, is, is what I stand like. Yes, I'm not the most talented actor Mike has worked with or will ever work with. Just like everyone else, whatever, <laughs> cool, you can act. But I treat everyone with respect. I don't fucking act up. I show up on time. I try and get everyone home as quick as I can. And I try not to indulge. If the director says that they think we got it on the first take, I show them trust and I'm like, and I'm happy to move on so we can get, get moving with our day so we can get everyone home safely. That's why I get asked back. It's that and, and it's, it's about attitude and it's about how well you treat everyone around you. That is far more valuable than any fucking monologue. It, it, it just is. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it. It helps, especially when you've worked as crew before. Oh, and hell yeah. And you've dealt with those people. Being a PA yeah. is awesome because you're on set, right? But you can work with pricks from time to time. If not, well, before it was more often than not. And then when you get the chance to to be on set, like, it's like working in the service industry. Man, I think everybody should work in the service industry for at least a year. If you're going to be in the arts or in film, work as uh, as crew for maybe two years. And just see what you can take. Uh, yeah, man, that's that is 
the truest thing that could ever be said as far as like how to act on set. That's, that's just fantastic. And you know, if you, if you don't feel like you're doing that on set and you're listening to this, just don't be an asshole. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) because I'm there and I now, you know, I'm seeing how the sausage is made. So like, I know the conversations around when someone's cast. I know the calls that are made and I know the, the networking that happens and I know that the calls are made and they go, what are they like? And this is before it's been offered. What are they like? They're amazing. Super sweet. Really? Cool. Fuck the talent. Yeah. Again, I'm with, <laughs> that comes without saying. I'm sure they can act. They're, you yeah. know, um, it's that. that. That gets made, man. That call gets made. And it gets made on 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 every level because, like, I've worked with Canadian crews now for nine eight years, so I know. And the thing is, I'm not fake nice; I'm just real. So, yes, there have been days and times I am very quiet. So, with a PA or a Tad or whoever, and I'm just like in my own head, and I'm like, headphones are in; they're ready for you. I'm never disrespectful. The most extreme I'll ever be is introvert, quiet, maybe secluded because I'm fucking insecure and I'm trying to work things out. But it's never rude. It's never disrespectful. And it's always appreciative of anyone who's, 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 who's with you. That's the worst I get. Um, and I know that crew talk to other crew, talk to other crew and sets, and, and that has spread. So when I came on Bly, not only had Mike spoken to people I knew that I'd worked with on iZombie, the crews had spoken to the crews about what to expect. I'm not saying play a game, but it's nice to know that assholes are being called out for being assholes and, and, and they're finding out. And like I said, like when you, when you kill it, um, it's, I, I really see the difference when everyone likes the actor that they worked with. When a showrunner, whatever's like, they were great. Not necessarily fucking around or making the crew laugh. No one gives a shit about that. Just about being efficient and polite, and 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 trying to make notes work, and and just being dope and being chill. Not asking for fucking selfies. Not trying to like like the old school way of it's not who it's not what you know it's who you know and yeah. i'm gonna make sure that i walk up to every producer and be like hi i'm tom no just be cool <laughs> be sweet be chill and just don't be a dick to people and i yeah. guarantee you the next one comes then the next one because they fucking talk i know they talk because i've started talking <laughs> my best friend is in the fall of the house of usher oh really malcolm goodwin is, oh, is from yeah. my zombie who played clive Babineau. He's in the fall of the House of Usher. That's not coincidence. That's because I love the man. <laughs> He's my big brother. Oh, I put my reputation on the line. And I said, oh, like, I think this person's dope. Like, look at their work. Maybe think like you should work with them one day. If Malcolm acts like a prick, one, he's not coming back. And two, I look like a dickhead. Yeah, yeah. So I don't recommend people because, again, I don't care about the performance. M- M- Mike's doesn't ca- he doesn't need he doesn't care if you've just discovered helped him discover the next Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. He wants to know that I'm going to have a nice, harmonious, creative set. 
And that's why, you know, I know Mac can act, but I know that Mac is one of the dopest people, sweetest people on the planet, and he's a joy to work with. So, yes, this is the person you should work with. And that's, that's, that, that's the currency when you are on set. Obviously, my believe in yourself is about beforehand. Know, there, but yeah. Take those experiences and keep that in mind, man. Like, it counts for way more than you think. It counts for way more than, holy crap, they used real tears. <laughs> like, no one fucking cares. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny looking back, too, because I think the first time I was on a big set with all these big stars, I talked to the, the crew more than I talked to the actual stars until we got comfortable. And then it just became conversation. And now, like, I, I can never let go of that. You know, it's it's just just being being kind, talking to people, and and then especially saying, "Hey, this this person's the greatest. You should you should try them out." Is a huge like wave of vulnerability to give to mm-hmm. somebody. Like I know it'll it'll come back on me either way. So you know, let's let's see what happens. But uh, yeah, I, I had no idea Malcolm was in. In the fall of the house, the Usher, so, house Usher, yeah. so I, oh man, dude, it's just I'm so pumped to see the show that had just started shooting. I know I'm gonna have to wait like a year and a half. It's it's crap, but whatever. It, it is what it is. Um, uh, you know, coming from a fan, but um, I, you know, before we we kind of get to the tail end of the the show, man, I want to say like thank you for for your time and volunteering. You know, your very shortened sleep schedule. To come on here and talk while truck horns are blaring in your ears. I know it's ridiculous. Uh, it's yeah, just it, it means means a lot that uh, you know you you woke up to that shit and now uh, you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll talk for like two hours with this guy that I don't know. Why not? Let's try it out. Well, you know, um, it's because like you know, don't fucking forget, man. Like you want to. I've been asked to talk about my career and talk to someone about being in the industry. What would what would 2013 Rahul have said? Like, mm-hmm. this is just as much of a gift doing this as yesterday was. It's all part of this. It's all part of it, man. So it's like, I try to remind myself of that because it is easy to get into routine and be like, no, podcast. Yeah, because I've got time for that. It's like, no, someone wants to talk to you. And yeah. that's a mark of the work that you've been doing and, and, and that, then it's just just as fucking special, just as fucking important. So thank you for for having me on. It's, uh, yeah. Um, and I and I sincerely, I'm rooting for you, man. Like, I I really do champion. I when I when I meet kids of famous actors on set, I can't connect with them. I'm like, cool. <laughs> you 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 got in because dad did this or whatever. Yeah. But when I hear like, you know. You kind of feel for your own a little bit. So when it's like, yeah, I'm an actor. I've been trying for a few years, and you know, I've got a few lines here. And I feel I, I feel that that journey and that story, and I want it for you just as much, like as I wanted it for myself. So, um, but sounds like you're doing the right things, man. And it's it will snowball. Just remember, like I said, man, it it there was no. I didn't. Ha- I wasn't playing with an advantage. I was at the same tools as everyone else at that level and and it changed in a week. It went from the lowest, remember that? Worst audition was Friday. Yeah. And then the sides for the new audition also was that Friday. And I signed the contract with Warner Brothers CW the following Friday. Seven days I went from broke 
never even really had more than two lines on screen to being one of the lead characters for a pilot. Seven days. That was the difference. It's just so that's and that, and yeah, and, it's, <laughs> and it can, it yeah. really can. Um, so, so, so keep fucking doing it, man. Uh, yeah, that's uh, my. Uh, I have it on sticking on my computer, and I have it on shirts. But it just says simply, "Don't give up." Uh, it no. just, just keep going. And you know, I have a um, a, a journal for for not just acting, but just life in general, and you know, seeing where I want to be in the next few years, and uh, just just being on set is one of them. I don't care what it is; like just just being there. And uh, I don't know, especially after like talking to you. I can only imagine how great it would be to work with you on a set sometime in the future and just, <laughs> you know, be like, Hey, remember I had that podcast that you did like 10 years ago. Uh, it was just, you know, Hey, now we're, we're doing this. So be That's the show with me. Cause you're the, you're the, the Schwarzenegger of this movie. So yeah, man, it's uh, it, it is a, a gift to have you on and it's, it's just nice to know there's people out there. It's not, um, you know, when I reach out, it's not meant to be, uh, hey, you know, this is for our publicity. It's I started this because I wanted to see how my friends were doing during COVID, uh, you know, fellow actors and writers. And it's just grown into like, you know, getting you and Carrie Jones and we're getting somebody else's next week that I never thought we'd get. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just it's crazy how, like you said, it snowballs. But uh, yeah, before before we go, I have uh, two things. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I guess three. One, I have to ask you uh what we can promote on this episode two i need to tell everybody to rate us on apple podcasts because that's what you have to do and three we're gonna do an awkward goodbye to tail end the episode okay that, uh, it's just a lot of fun to do so uh yeah what would you like us to promote in this episode if, uh, if there's anything in particular you want us to give a shout out to um i don't know uh <laughs> Midnight Mass, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, Someone else's show, maybe if you thought, you know, maybe Book of Boba Fett or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah. Like my stuff's a long time away from coming out. So um, <laughs> Midnight Mass is obviously the, the last thing that came out and we're very proud of. So um, if you haven't checked out Midnight Mass, um, do. It's a great show and it has okay. some of the best performances of the year from my co stars. Oh, that's like that's completely true. Uh, if you haven't seen Midnight Mass, get on it, man. Like, seriously, it came out in September of last year. Mm -hmm. uh, it's only seven eps. Yeah, seven episodes. What seven seven hours, maybe less. Uh, yeah, time. Hours. Yeah. yeah, get get into it. And yeah, if you like the show, please rate us. Uh, hopefully, five stars on Apple Podcasts it can only help us. And if you do give us five stars, we'd love to send you a sticker just as a thank you. So please email us at pwrp.pod at gmail.com to let us know what your address is and we can send it to you. Also, if you are a member of the arts industry, whether you are starting out or you're a veteran or somebody who's just trying to, you know, keep it going in uncertain times like this, send us an email to the exact same address at pwrp.pod at gmail.com. And buddy, you also get a thank you card and a sticker for coming on. So that's something I can uh, I can email your reps about seeing where we can send it. <laughs> sure. uh, might include a dorky doodle of the Mandalorian or some dorky. Oh, sweet. Shit. Okay. Um, on the fridge. Yeah, that's something I started doing. But uh, yeah, before I stop recording, man, uh, the last thirty seconds of this show, it's all oh, about man. an awkward goodbye. 
So I do the Wayne's World countdown, uh, five, four, three, two, one, point to you, and then you give us your best verbal awkward goodbye. It could be nonverbal too, since we're doing this on video as well. But uh, okay. if, you, if you think you're ready for that, it's like the acting opportunity of a lifetime. Mm, I'm going to try not to overthink okay. it. <laughs> All right. Let's give it a shot. In. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. Thanks a lot for having me, James. Um, yeah, I, uh,